Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Hello, podcast listeners. So good to have you today. Thanks for taking time to uh, to jump into Next with me. Uh, this is week two talking about the strength to stand today and we're identifying the essentials of our faith and how we stand. And so then, um, part two, last Sunday we discussed, uh, really identifying our struggle to trust God. Today we're going to, to discuss what is absolutely necessary and non-negotiable as we move forward in our faith with him as followers of Jesus. And so the reality is before you can have the strength to stand, you have to know what you're standing on, really what you're standing for. If you're a note taker, you can write this down. There's two questions I have to start us off today. The first one is, what is essential? What is essential for you to believe is the, is the question. And as you think through that, just write it down and, and, and leave it there and leave some room underneath it to, to write a little bit. And then you're going to ask, the next question is, what is absolutely necessary when it comes to your faith? I've got Axton with me. I'm sorry, I've got Rise with me again this week. And so it's going to be special. We've got several groups connected my ministries here uh redefined church from uh gross point michigan's here and then we also have the grove we've had some technical difficulties this week we're rebuilding the sound booth and and creating um improving the quality of our of our systems and so anyways as you wrote those down here's the deal we have the essentials of life right the essentials of our life are simple water food and rest those are super essential like without those we can't make it and then we have the necessities of our life, right? This is the stuff that we like to keep stocked in our cabinets. Um, it's paper products, soaps, toiletries. I mean, you name it. You, you're the one who keeps your cabinet stocked. And so, but the necessities, like I can't make it this week without this. And so make sure to get some of this when you go, you know, and then we have the preferences, you know, how we prefer things to be or what we like, right? The stuff that we like, restaurants, places, our path, etc. And so in all of that, um, what you need to realize, I think what we all need to realize is, is really pr- our preferences are what makes our life normal. Our preferences make our life normal. And so this is how we like to enjoy life. It's the path that we go to work. It's not that you need to drive that path every week or every day. There are several ways to get to where you're going, but you take the path that you like the most, right? And just because this is how we like to enjoy life doesn't mean it's necessary. It also doesn't mean that it's normal. It's just our normal, Right. And so because to stay alive, we only need water, food, and rest. Water, food, and rest. We really only need the essentials. We don't look to the essentials of being normal, though. We look to our preferences as what we like. And when you think about the essentials, well, when it comes down to it, we have a lot to be thankful for because really we only need water, food, and rest. Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus replies um, to a Christ, as it's written forever, and it forever remains, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, which in 2022 terms means we can't live on self-satisfaction alone. God created each of us for a purpose. And so then, and that purpose is not self-fulfillment. And so, and, and the reason is because we can't live on self-satisfaction. The reason we can't live on self-satisfaction is because we're never satisfied. We're never satisfied. Hey, boy. A great example of never being satisfied is buying a boat, right? We, um, if you, if you're a boat owner, God bless you. This is not anything against you. Um, but it is, it's like the boat and RV story, right? 
we anticipate and we expect and we create magic in our mind about this big purchase. Some of, some of us, it's, for some of us, it's cars, right? And so then when it, when it comes down to it, we get what we, can, what we went after. We get the boat, we get the RV, we get the car. And the first week it's magical. The first month it's magical. And then we get the payment if we're not cash people, right? And when we get that payment, the only thing we feel is the weight of that payment. It's not the enjoyment or the ex- excitement or the expectation that we had before. Now we just expect to pay for this thing. And that's why most people say there are two great days when you buy a boat. One, the day that you buy it and the day that you sell it. And in all of that, we talk about self-satisfaction, never being satisfied. It's because we always want more. And, and, and then the reality from that is the more money that we make, the more money that we spend, the greater our preferences get. So we're really never content even though first Timothy says godliness with contentment is great gain. And, and if you go to the amplified version of this, it says, which means godliness is actually a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment, that contentment, which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. It's his sufficiency in us. It's not ours. So it's not our satisfaction. It's his will that we're after meaning he's the center of our life. It's the center of your life. It means you're in the sweet spot of your life. Even if you're out of toilet paper, sitting on four ball tires and don't have what you want, you still have exactly what you need when we're talking about the essentials of our faith because we cannot live on stuff alone. We have to have the Word of God. We live and base our lives on the Word of God. And so if we are living on the Word of God, then uh, what he says in Second Corinthians twelve nine is pretty pretty huge. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And so then now that we know we can't live on bread alone and we understand the essentials of life, we really need to grasp that the essentials of life are only as good as the essentials of our faith. And the concern with our essentials and with the essentials of our faith is at one time they were concrete and now they've been stretched and they're stretched super thin and they're very narrow or they're super shallow. And that's because culture continues to push the church and the church continues to walk towards culture. And so I'm going to go back to the original question. What is essential for your faith? This question is crucial for bringing clarity to your faith. And it's going to direct your path as a follower of Jesus. In 1902, a pastor said that we almost believe three things in essentials, unity and non-essentials, liberty and in all things, love. In all things love. This doesn't answer the question what is essential, by the way, but it does does give us a guide on how to treat everything that is non-essential. We should be united in faith, not categorized. It's not about a denomination or a culture or or a thing. You know, every, every other God that people worship is dead. It has died. Jesus is the only living God. And so it doesn't make sense to me why we can't get behind worshiping somebody who's alive when a lot of other religions worship something that has been dead for a long, long time. And so then we are united in our faith. We're not categorized. And so we're united in why we gather. Jesus, he's our savior. This is essential to the foundation of our faith. And we have freedom in how we gather. So then in talking about the the quote from the pastor in 1902, you know, in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, love. So then in the, the essentials is we gather in the name of Jesus. We have freedom, liberty, in how we gather, right? It, what we dress, the music, the refreshments, 
etc. Those are just essentially necessities, right? And then everything we do while we gather, we should be it should be done with love, which is preferred by God. And so in essentials unity and non-essentials liberty and all things love. So if you're going to have strength to stand, what are the essentials? There are four things. If you're taking notes, you can write these down with me. One, God the Father. You have to believe that God created you. When you think about how this relates to the Great Commission, it is, it is go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Father is salvation. It's your salvation. This is personal trust, conviction, and obedience. Uh, Psalm 7, 73, 25, David says the best. He says, who do I have if I don't have you, God? In the contemporary English version, it says, in heaven I have only you, and on this earth you are all I want. So then I believe in God the Father must be with the heart of trust and conviction. Then when you wake up every day believing in God, believing God, period, not in God, believing God, that, that God is my God, He knows me, He loves me, he can and does reveal himself to my heart. He hears my prayers and he directs my way. That's that trust. That's that trust we confirmed last week. And so the second essential that we have is Jesus, the son, God, the creator, Jesus, the son, God, the father, our creator, Jesus, the son, our savior in relation to the, to, uh, the great commission, go into the world, and make all disciples, baptism in the father and the son and the Holy spirit. The baptism in the son is water baptism. Jesus was baptized to be an example for us. He lived a sinless life. He was crucified. He was buried. He was resurrected. He died for our sins. And when he was raised to life, he was raised to life for our justification. And so this is the foundation of salvation, which is that first baptism. Second baptism is water baptism. It costs you something. Your first baptism, salvation, costs you nothing. It's a decision that you make. The second one, water baptism, costs you just a little bit because you're going to go public. People are going to see it. And so then um, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it best. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so then the third thing that we're looking at is God's spirit. This has been referred to as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a ton of names, but we're talking about God's spirit. This is God in you. And this is really the assurance of our adoption as children of God. This is the assurance of our adoption as children of God. God says you're adopted. You are now part of a royal priesthood. You're in the kingdom. You're royalty. And because of that, every day we get to experience, because we have God's spirit in us, we get to experience God's love, grace, mercy. We experience his favor. And this allows us to experience the peace of God, which passes all understanding. And that's huge. And that's huge. And so then when you, when it comes to the third baptism, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the Father, salvation, and the Son, water baptism, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit essentially gives you the power and the authority to walk in who God's called you to be on the face of the earth. And so there are gifts that come with, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, faith, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, discernment, uh, prayer, uh, a prayer language, rather, preaching, um, teaching, prophecy, evangelism, healing, miracles. Now, God doesn't give everybody those gifts. Give some. Now, I would hope that everybody has wisdom here, and if not, you need to jump into Proverbs. And it also says the fruits of the Spirit. When, this, when God's Spirit comes alive in you, here's what you're going to experience. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is a scripture that I'm reading to you, but it's what you experience when you walk in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of God's Spirit in you. And so in short, the Holy Spirit empowers you to become who God's called you to be. That's it. Fourth thing is this. We sometimes park on three. I'm going to go one more with you. Let's go one more. It's the Bible. Number four is the Bible. It's God's inspired word. It says, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So then we need the word of God because it's a guide for our life. So then the essentials of your faith are Father, God the Father, our Creator. I believe 100%. Jesus the Son, our Savior. I believe 100%. God, the Holy Spirit, His Spirit living inside of me. I get that when I pray the prayer of salvation. I pray for the power of that to come into my life, to be a part of my life, after I've affirmed my faith in Jesus by being water baptized. And then the Bible. All of these are God. All are one. In the beginning, the Word was God. It was with God. He was God. We're talking about Jesus here. And so these are all for God. This is what God has intended for us to believe. His hope is that we would be unified in the essentials. These are the essentials of your faith. So then, what are the non-essentials of our faith? Now that we've identified that, you could check out right now. If you have something to do, you could check out. But you want to talk about the non-essentials and really kind of figure out where the church got divided. Where, where, where do we start separating ourselves? By the way, the non-essentials aren't bad. There's nothing wrong with how we gather. There's nothing wrong with how we worship, how we pray. As long as Jesus is the center, it's all good. But a non-essential is nothing to get bent out of shape about. And a lot of people have left the church and got mad at people and, and have been hurt over dumb stuff that human beings have created and that's not in the Bible or not told for us to do. And so in considering what is non-essential, we need to realize it's distinguishing between principles to be followed and facts to be accepted. There are a lot of great principles out there, but there's a big difference between a principle that some dude created because he was upset about somebody else doing it and the fact of the Bible. What are we accepting that God said? It's really distinguishing between the method to be applied to the matters of faith and the matters themselves. And so then what are the non-essentials? Here we go. Everything that does not come under God the Father, our Creator, Jesus the Son, our Savior, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the power in us, and God's Word. So then what about worship? You can worship however you want. The Bible says make a joyful noise. So enter His gates with thanksgiving and praise. It says, make a joyful noise. What about communion? However you want. The point is that you do this in remembrance of me is what the Bible says. What about where we meet or how we meet? You can meet where and how you want. The Bible says, just do not neglect to meet together. And so then what we, the church have to realize is that we've created a lot of great traditions and a lot of great routines, but your personal faith is not your church experience. You know, for a long time, I worked at a church, and, and in the beginning of that, my church was, my job was also my faith. And your church, your church gathering, the body that you belong to, has nothing to do with your faith. It's where you go to have community. It's where you gather with like-minded people. It's where you come together under the essentials of our faith. Yes, you're going to grow. You're going to be inspired. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be motivated. But your church experience is not your faith experience. It, it helps build your faith. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The Word of God is what changes your life, and that's why we come together. And so then, under this roof, we all believe this, 
and that's why we're here. It's not about the name of the pastor, uh, the songs that we sing, the band that we have, the band that we don't have, the robes that we wear, the robes that we don't wear, um, pews to chairs to stadium seating. It's not about any of that. It's not about any of that. And so then none of that's wrong, but a lot of what I just said is not essential to your relationship with God. It's not essential to your relationship with God. So I'm going to close with this. God asks us to be in unity about him. He says, have no other gods before me. If you remember, he says, love me with all your heart, with everything you have and love others as you love yourself. He asks us several times to live on his word, to live on his word. And so when this is a priority in each of us, it's going to make our gatherings special because we've committed to grow personally. We come together with an expectation corporately when we're, when we're actually in a relationship with God individually. And so our action step is to grow. This is everyone's individual agenda is growth. It should be growth. Press in to who God is, who God the Father, Jesus the Son, and His Holy Spirit are, and learn all you can about Him. Never stop learning. Learn, learn, learn. How do you do this? Believe enough to open your Bible. Man cannot live on stuff alone. He must have the Word. Open your Bible. Read it. Live by the truth. Live by the truth. If you do that, you will become like Him. Be in relationship with Him. It's a constant. It's a daily walk. Be in relationship with Him, and your relationship will grow with Him and with others. And there's also going to become like some refreshment, some strength in your relationship with with Him. And so then, the other thing you need to do is, is once you become like Him, you want to be around people like Him because it's actually really good. And living your life on biblical principles is pretty awesome. And so then, be in community. When you're in community, there's unity with others. You're with like-minded people, and Jesus is the center. It's the essential of our faith, which will lead us to build people. We're going to lead people. We're going to share our story. We're going to make disciples. The Apostle Luke said the essentials of humanity are faith, hope, and love. Notice that these three actions begin with relationship, faith, hope, love. They're not a long list of things to do. They begin with a who. Jesus is the center of that. It's a belief in God the Father, Jesus the Son, and who God is living inside of us. And so if we would all rally around the essentials, instead of disagreeing and complaining about what the non-essentials are, I think we would see a lot of people come together. Why do I know that? Because we're left, Paul tells us in Ephesians, do your best, Ephesians 4 verse 3 if you're taking notes, do your best to preserve the unity which the Spirit gives by means of the peace that binds you together. Do your best to preserve the unity which is the, which the Spirit gives, which the Spirit gives, God's Spirit, by means of the peace. Peace binds you together. Why? It's unity, peace, because the sinner's Jesus. And so then that takes us setting our pride aside and getting real and being honest with ourselves. This brings unity. It's where we can rally around the essentials. Once you believe this, you'll begin to have the strength to stand. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for today, for the opportunity to gather uh, with people listening as they drive to work, as they sit in their office, Lord, um, as they're doing intentional study time at some coffee shop uh, in some amazing place around our country. Thank you, Lord, that we can dive into your word, that we can get a little bit better, that we can go a little bit farther with you, that we can, that we can grow a little bit deeper so we can reach a little bit higher. Thanks so much, Lord, for the strength that you give us to walk, to follow, to stand. Help this message sink in the hearts of your people, Lord, so they can grow in their relationship with you. I ask you to help them to relay, rely on this <laughs> and, and go back to it 
on a regular basis, Father God, so they can be refreshed and encouraged in their relationship with you. I love you. Thanks for letting me be a part of what you want to do here on the earth. And I just thank you for the people who are listening. Thanks for everybody who supports our ministry. Lord, we cannot go. We cannot reach people without the support of kingdom-minded people. Thank you so much for that. I love you. And I thank you for an awesome week. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening. God bless you guys. I'll talk to you. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.